Well, how are we all doing? Much nicer morning this morning. It's nice and warm. And uh, if you're visiting with, the, uh, with, with us, a very special welcome. Uh, it's great to see you, and we're so uh, we're always privileged and uh, pleased that you've decided to be with us this morning. So we hope you uh, enjoy your morning here and hang around and uh, catch up and have coffee with us and learn that we're not really as rat baggy as sometimes we make out to be, eh, Eddie? But that's all good. Um, but we hope you have uh, a great time uh, this morning. Uh, next Sunday, we're kind of kicking off a new series where we're going to continue uh, a series that we did earlier on in the year on the Beatitudes, and it was called the Blessed Are series. So next Sunday, we're starting a four-week series called the Blessed Are Encore series, uh, just so you know the difference between the two. Um, and myself, uh, Phil, and Abraham uh, will all be sharing as part of that series on the various Sundays, and so that's going to be a great uh, very much a teaching series where we kind of uh, pull out from th- that passage uh, what it meant to the people in that time and also what it means for us today uh, in the days that we're living in. So uh, be sure to get along uh, to those Sundays uh, that start next week. But for this morning's one-off Sunday, I thought I'd share a message uh, that I've titled Doing Life Together. And uh, it's a message that I think is always a good one to kind of be reminded of uh, in the life of the church on a regular basis, and which is based out of a message that I shared probably a couple of years ago uh, when we did the Better Together series. And it's a, it's a message about belonging to a community of people who build relationships together, who pray together, who kind of support one another, and uh, who go and, and kind of do life on a much deeper level than just gathering and meeting. Because as we've often said uh, around here, doing life together is so much better than trying to do life out on your own. Amen? Uh, and, because, uh, and because we kind of got a focus on life groups this year uh, as part of our vision, uh, I thought it was kind of a good idea uh, to touch on that again and to take the opportunity to do that again this morning. Because this practice and uh, this principle of, of gathering, uh, this principle of uh, fellowship and, and coming together is something that God has called us into uh, as a church and is in fact what he has designed his church to be about. And so I just want to speak uh, this morning into that area of our church and our mission is a church to grow in our relationships with God and with one another. But let's just pray for this morning's message as we get into that. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, uh, for your word. Father, we thank you, Lord, that in it we find uh, so many truths that are relevant for our lives today. And uh, this morning, Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would, uh, Lord, use me to deliver your message to every heart in this place. Father God, by your Holy Spirit, multiply this message uh, into the multiples that are here this morning. Uh, Father, that uh, as I speak, Father, I, I just uh, ask that you nudge people in a personal way uh, to hear what you know they need to hear from you. So, Father God, we just pray uh, for your anointing uh, over each one of us, for your spirit to work freely as we open our hearts. Uh, Lord, and ultimately that your will will be done. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. 
So we know we kind of live in a world today where it's so easy to stay uh, isolated, insulated, and out on your own than it is to kind of share your life and your burdens and what's going on um, around you with people. It's easier to say to people, you know, everything's going fine, and then kind of walk off or say that, you know, oh, well, I'm going through this, but everything will be fine uh, eventually, Um, and then kind of just uh, walk away uh, feeling uh, something quite different. And today uh, we have a scenario where there's not only something that, that I believe we see uh, in society, but I believe it's something we see everywhere. We kind of see it in organizations, we see it in the church, uh, we see it uh, in our communities. And uh, society today kind of has, uh, we have these free helplines, we have all of these forums, and, and we have these campaigns that are designed to get people to speak about what's going on in their life, to get people to not be silent about what's really happening about and about the struggles that are going on around them. Because for whatever reason, uh, you know, people don't feel that they have the right support around their own lives or the right support around the community to openly kind of go and share uh, their burdens and share uh, their struggles uh, with others, and for whatever, for whatever reason, they may just feel that, uh, you know, uh, this is my burden to bear, uh, so I'm not going to kind of bother anyone else uh, with my, my uh, problems, or in some cases, you know, it's, it's just a bit too embarrassing for me to kind of let people know where I'm at or what's kind of going on, and, uh, you know, maybe that was you, I don't, maybe it's just me who kind of feels uh, that way sometimes. But with the existence of things like Facebook and Instagram and other social media platforms, which uh, are great ways of communicating and great ways of staying in touch with uh, certain people, people can now have a public life that appears almost perfect, have a public life that looks like like something that's amazing, that, that people even want to aspire to, and then have a private life that's kind of nothing like what their Facebook or their Instagram life looks like. Does anyone know what I'm talking about uh, this morning? Uh, That they have this public life which has a a persona of everything that's going great while privately uh, in the reality of their lives they're reaching an alarming level of isolation and loneliness. And so it's become easier now for us to, in an IT world that was created to kind of open the world up to everything, open the doors uh, of opportunity, it's become so much easier in so many different aspects, and including this one, to become actually more isolated and more insulated. Funny how that works. But the very thing it was created to do has done the opposite effect where we can isolate ourselves and what's really going on in our lives behind the facade of an online world. And you know, I believe that if the church will be the gathering of faith, the gathering of love, the gathering of hope uh, that it was created to be, 
then we can impact the lives of those we do life with, both inside and outside of these walls. Amen? Impacting them in a positive way by shining the light of Christ to those who are struggling, by shining the light of Christ to those who are in need, by shining the light of Christ over our own lives and over what's going on uh, within us. And so this morning I'd like to share uh, some thoughts uh, which I think are important for us as we're doing life together as his church, both corporately on a Sunday and uh, also in our life group setting where we interact and relate to one another in a much deeper level. And three keys that I think uh, this morning will enrich our lives, uh, bless the lives of others that are around us and that we do life with and also combat uh, isolation. And so the first point uh, this morning is simply that doing life together brings a unity. Who knows that unity is important? You know, doing life together with others strengthens a unity in purpose. It strengthens a unity in direction. It strengthens a unity in uh, core belief, core life values uh, in, in uh, our Christian. It strengthens a unity within our Christian walk. You know, the Greek word for unity in the New Testament is the word kolau, which means to unite closely or to join. And it's often used uh, to refer to one person joining with another person. So that's unity, to, to bring two things and, and to join them uh, together. It's used to describe being joined as a whole, uh, which we read about in 1 Corinthians, where Paul is encouraging uh, the church of Corinth to that type of unity. He says in, in 1 Corinthians 1.10, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no division in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united through, uh, united in thought and in purpose. And so Paul's addressing here two, uh, addressing two fronts of unity, or addressing unity on two fronts. The first one is, uh, he says to live in harmony with each other, live in peace, live in love. And he goes on to elaborate that in, in uh, this passage. And so that's an external expression of unity, where we kind of choose to do life together, where we choose to accept whatever's going on, uh, where we choose uh, to commit uh, to relationship with one another. So that, that external expression of unity among a group of people. And then secondly, he urges them to be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. Very much an internal expression of unity. That with one mind and with one thought, we express our hearts in unity as the body of Christ. So doing life together brings unity through growing relationships that, that are more than just kind of gathering, uh, more than just the good mornings and the hellos and the how are you doings. But it's that close association between people 
where you might rub and grind shoulders a little bit, you might agitate each other a little bit, but within it there's love and there's grace and there's mercy. And by extension, that creates, uh, within that group participation, it creates the sharing of our individual gifts with one another. Uh, it creates the contribution uh, of our life uh, as we journey through life together. Amen? Now, Psalm 133, verses 1 and 3, uh, they say this. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Then in verse 3 says, For there the Lord bestows his blessing. Doing life together, in doing life together, we grow together in our understanding of one another. We grow together in grace and love for one another. We grow in serving one another with our gifts and hospitality. And we grow in closeness and unity where God commands a blessing. Secondly, this morning, doing life together builds community. It doesn't only, we're not talking about building community numerically, but here it's building you who are part of the community. Now, doing life together builds up and encourages those who are in that community and those who are seeing what's going on in that community. Romans 1, verse 11 and 12 says, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. You know, in verse here, verse 11 uh, here, Paul's not talking about imparting spiritual gifts. He's not talking about laying hands on people so that they receive the gift of teaching or laying hands of people so that they'll receive the gift of healing. Um, or he's not talking about praying for people so that they receive a gift themselves. What he's talking about is imparting the gift that was in him onto people. So imparting his gift of teaching into the church of Rome. Imparting his gift uh, of the Holy Spirit that God has blessed him with to encourage and to establish them as a church. And then in verse 12, he says, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. You see, I think that Paul uh, understands here that when people are together, that when people gather as his church and they're serving each other uh, with their gifts and they're serving each other in love, that everyone is encouraged and everyone is blessed by that. Isn't that cool? That not only are we blessed by being a part of doing life with others, but that the others are blessed um, by us also. And so Paul says, I long to see you, 
us so that he can impart gifts, he can impart his gifts uh, onto them to equip them and encourage them. But not just that, but so together, he too, with them, can all be encouraged by each other. And they can all be encouraged by fellowship. So we have a group of people sharing their gifts and talents and building uh, one another up in faith. And in doing life together, that way they're building their community. You know, in Acts 2, we see uh, the church coming together and, and we read that uh, they gather together, they pray together, they break bread together. And uh, we're told that they did that daily. Imagine coming to church daily. That'd be pretty epic, wouldn't it? And then as they were doing that, God added to their number. God added to their growth. And you know, you're here this morning, and whether or not you can... um, kind of conceive what I'm about to say, whether or not you perceive it, uh, whether or not you believe it, um, over your own life and over whatever giftings God has placed uh, over you, I want to tell you this uh, this morning, that you have a gift that can be and will be a blessing to any group of people that you do life with. Do you believe that this morning? You have a gift that can be and will be a blessing to whatever group of people you choose to do life with. You have something to offer. You know, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be starting to feature some of the life groups that uh, we can get involved in in term three. And, you know, it's the chance to work and grow in unity with others in the church. And it's the chance to share your gift and to participate and contribute. And it's a chance for you to be blessed and to be a blessing uh, as you kind of uh, relate. Also, that we can continue to grow in our relationships as uh, we do life together. And then finally this morning, doing life together shares. Shares our journey, that we've heard it shares our gifts, and it shares God's love. You know, doing life together gives us the opportunity to celebrate each other's achievements. And who loves to, who loves to celebrate when people are achieving? Uh, it gives us the opportunity to celebrate each other's success, to care for each other when things aren't going so well to kind of look out for each other and and to pray for each other and support each other. And it gives us the chance in sharing to deepen our love for one another. In Colossians 3, verse 13 to 15, it says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. 
Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Share love which binds them all together in perfect unity. You know, the word that's being referenced here for love is the word agape. It's agape love, that unconditional love that transcends any uh, other form of love that we feel or that we know. It's that love that God has and for us and that he shares with uh, the Trinity, with his son Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And it's that love uh, that we're told to have for each other. And it's the same love uh, that is used in John 13 when Jesus says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. By what? If you love one another. That unconditional, that forgiving love of the Father is the same love that's used here. Agape love. And we share this love uh, with others, this love that comes from God. It's the kind of love that gives away the love that God has for the world that led him to send his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for you and for me. It's the kind of love that sees all our stuff and doesn't judge. It's the kind of love that sees all our failings and still loves and cares and supports anyway. And it's the kind of love that doesn't give up on us, even when we give up on ourselves sometimes. And you know, if you think that it's, or if you've ever thought that it's selfish, to burden others with your life, with your stuff. Now, I want to tell you this morning that sharing your journey and doing life with others in the church and in fellowship is just as much a blessing to others and to us as being a part of that group will be a blessing to you. Sharing your life with others is a blessing to them just as much as it's a blessing to you. So do life together. Share your journey, share your gifts, and your love with others. You know, good, good relationships in a social setting. Uh, this was stated by this was stated by a mental health group who were looking at isolation and who were looking at uh, you know especially isolation within teens and uh, elderly. And they made this statement that good relationships within social settings are central to the human well-being. Good relationships and social settings are central to the human well-being. You know, we relate in our social circles more than we do with our extended family. 
Have you thought about that? Sometimes even more than our immediate family. And I think good relationships uh, in, in, the, in the church setting especially are not only central to our Christian well-being, but they're central to the well-being of our community. They're essential to the well-being of our nation. who need to experience an agape-type love that comes from God, that is unconditional, that is unfailing, that as Eddie said this morning, you don't have to wait till you're perfect to get it. It's unconditional. There is nowhere you can go to run away from it. It's there for you. We weren't created to do this thing we call life alone. We weren't created to do it in isolation. And though we can share the love of Christ as individuals and, uh, you know, we're meant to share the love of Christ wherever God has, has placed us in society, wherever he's placed us in business and in school, although we can do that, uh, I believe that there is a much greater impact when we share that type of love out of the overflow of community, out of the overflow of unity, out of the overflow of the gifts and the love that comes from doing life together. Amen.